Welcome to Starkville Church of God. This is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you, strengthens you, and fills you with God's love so you can share with others. Enjoy the message. Jude, verse 1. Twenty-four and verse twenty-five is what I'm going to read. Reading from the King James Version this morning. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion, and power, both now and ever. Amen. I want to speak to you this morning on the subject of Jude's song of praise. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray for me as I do the same for you? Father, thank you for this opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for a cold Sunday morning in 2024 that we can come together in your house Lord, in here it's warm, in here it's comfortable. Thank you for your blessings on our lives. Now, Lord, I thank you for the worship, the praise that has gone forth, the giving and tithes and offerings. And now we come to this point in the service where we break the bread of life together. I ask, O oh Lord, for every person under the sound of my voice that you'd open their hearts, minds, and spirits, that they would be receptive to your word here today. I pray, O oh God, that the seed of the word of God would fall onto good ground and produce a hundredfold harvest in Jesus' name. Now, I ask that you'd help me today, Lord, as your messenger. I ask that you'd Give me the anointing that I need. Lord, anoint me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Give me the clarity of thought and speech that is absolutely necessary today. Let the Word of God, as the prophet Jeremiah said, let it be like fire shut up in my bones here today. And Father, I just thank you for in advance for what you're going to do here in this place. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, amen. Before you see, would you turn around to two or three people, give them a fist bump and tell them, I'm glad to see you at Starkville Church of God this morning. Two very powerful verses here, which the book of Jude is not even, it's just not even chaptered, it's really verses. A very short and powerful book and two very powerful verses here at the end of the book of Jude. We find first of all that we must adore him who can keep us from falling. You see, we need keeping from falling. We need that as people. We need that as individuals. We need that, that we can be helped from falling because in ourselves, in our own human nature, we cannot do it on our own. I wish I could tell you that we have the strength. I wish I could tell you that we have the ability. I wish that we, I could tell you that, you know, we could really just set our mind to it and be able to not, but we in and of ourselves and on our own do not have the power to do it. We need help in keeping us from falling. We need help in the sense of preservation from first doctrinal error. I know y'all may get tired of hearing me say this, but I'm sorry. I believe that we're living in the last days that the Bible talks about and how there will be so many false teachers, so much false doctrine going on, so many people having itching ears just telling a preacher or someone, just tell me what I want to hear. 
We need the help of the Lord to prevent us from doctrinal error. I don't have to go through the list today, but those of us sitting in this 9 a.m. service, I don't think I have to tell you all the craziness that's going on in the world today and the things that are being propagated even in the church and accepted by many in the church. We need the help of Jesus Christ to help us from falling into doctrinal error. And I'll tell you one more time, whether people like it or not, whether people think it's unspiritual or not, somebody got messed up somewhere when you don't think it's, when you think it's unspiritual to know doctrine, when you think it's unspiritual to know what this book teaches us, you have come into error. And I remind us today that we need to know what the Word of God tells us. We need help in preservation of falling in error of spirit. Not only just doctrinal error, but Sometimes we know what the book says, but sometimes we just miss it in our spirits, such as lack of love, lack of discernment, unbelief, pride. You know, we know these things. Many of us, we know these things, and we know pride is wrong. We know a lack of love is wrong. We know we need discernment. We know unbelief is wrong. But yet in our human selves, Many times we can find ourselves sliding into one of those things and not realize that we are there and we need the help of God to help us. Doctrinal error, error of spirit. Not only that, but sometimes, believe it or not, church, we need the help of Jesus to help us from falling into outright sin. I knew y'all weren't going to amen on that one. I wish I could say, you know, praise God, in over 20 years of pastoring, I've never seen, I've never seen just fired up Holy Ghost filled people ever just fall into outright sin. I wish I could say that, but unfortunately I can't. I've seen people that love the Lord, and listen, you, you can try to convince, you can try to convince me, but you ain't gonna do it, of this garbage of, well, you know, they just were never really saved to begin with. No. I've seen people that love the Lord, serve the Lord, filled with the Holy Ghost, was, was serving him with everything they had that let their guard down, and fell into outright sin. That's why the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he stand be careful, even as, as Pentecostal, spirit-filled, born-again believers, we must be careful and know that we must have the help of Jesus Christ so that we don't fall into outright sin. You see, nobody but the Lord can keep us from falling. We can't keep ourselves without him. You don't have the willpower. You don't have the strength. You don't have the intellectual ability. You don't have it in yourself. I don't have it in myself to do it on our own. Can I remind you one more time what church is and what church is not? Church is not. I'm not just some self-help guru up here trying to just help you better your lives by making some choices. I am a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yes, there's some things that you can do to help better your life, but none of that is going to amount to anything without the help of God Almighty. You can't be a better you unless you have him in your life. We can't keep ourselves without him. And there's no place that guarantees security. The church doesn't guarantee security. Can I tell you, you could sit on these pews 
every time these doors are unlocked, but that does not guarantee security. You, you know, you could lock yourself in a closet. You could build yourself a compound out in the middle of the most remote place on this planet, and yet that place would still not guarantee your security. You could sit around the communion table and take communion all three meals of the day, but even that would not mean that you cannot fall. Those are not places of security because all of those can be invaded by temptation. You say, oh, pastor, how could you say that about those holy places? It was Paul in the book of Corinthians that said, some of you jokers are coming hungry. You're coming to communion like a bunch of hogs trying to come and just eat. So I can tell you that even those holy places Man, y'all are quiet this morning. This is either really good or really bad. I don't know which one, but I'm just going to keep on. You see, no rules or regulations will secure us from stumbling. You can lay out the rules, but that does not guarantee that it's going to keep you from stumbling. And stereotype habits may only conceal deadly sins. i got to tell you, that's a very dangerous place to be. You know, we that have been so churchy for so long when we know what to do to put on a front to fool everybody else. Oh, oh this, is, this, is, this is good. I know this is good. It's easy for us that have grown up in this, that have been in this so long. It is so easy for us to just put on this front and go through the motions and, and, and show up to church every Sunday and lift our hands and, and, and just go through the motions and make everything seem spiritual. It is easy for us to go through these stereotype type of things when really on the inside of us, not everything is okay like it should be. But I'm going to tell you before you get too depressed, and I make you think that there's no way to keep from falling. There is a way, and that way is that the Lord can do it. In this text, in the book of Jude, we read that he is able to keep us. And he is the only wise God, our Savior. Can I tell you, there is one that can keep you from falling. Can I tell you that I still believe, now this is dangerous in Pentecostal circle. I believe you've heard me talk about this enough. You see, there is a difference between eternal security and unconditional eternal security. You say, Pastor, do you believe in eternal security? I absolutely do. I believe that there is a God in heaven that is able to keep me. Do you believe in unconditional, unconditional eternal security? I was trying to say it too fast. Absolutely not. I don't believe that I can just live any old way, do any old thing, and expect to make it to heaven, but I'm also not standing around worried that there's just going to be absolutely no way, that it's only just a fraction of a percentage point that I could make it to heaven? Absolutely not. I believe there's a Savior named Jesus Christ who is able to keep me from falling. His wisdom is part of his ability. 1 Timothy 1.17 says this, very similar to Jude 25. 
Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. You see, I'm thankful that I serve a God that is wise. I'm thankful that I serve a God. Listen, there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Jamie said it at the beginning. You can get you can get more knowledge than you can ever digest just through one of these. Now, you can Google it. You can look it up. You can find all kind of knowledge. It's one thing to have knowledge, but it's another thing to have wisdom. Wisdom lets you know what to do with the knowledge that you have. And I'm thankful today that I serve an all-wise, all-knowing God that is able to keep me. He's able to guide me and direct me. How does he keep us? I believe he does it by warning us. First of all, now, be careful here. Don't, don't fall asleep on me here. First of all, he warns us by noting the fall of others. Now, I'm not talking about how some like to do. I knew they'd fall. I knew they'd mess up. They got what was coming to them. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a godly fear when you note the fall of others. The kind that I, that I read to you earlier, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth heed lest he fall. That kind of thing where we note the fall of others and we say in a holy reverence, oh dear God, if it could happen to them, I've got to be careful that it does not happen to me. We've got to let the Lord warn us in these by taking note of the fall of others, not to condemn them, not to hate them, not to laugh at them, but to let it put a holy fear on the inside of us to say we must be on guard. How else does he warn us? Secondly, I believe by inward leading. I still believe in the leading and the conviction of the Holy Spirit. I still believe that we've got the Holy Ghost of God living on the inside of us and he will lead us and guide us and teach us this book. Jesus himself said, I'm going to send the comforter. He'll guide you into all truth. I believe that he will help us and lead us through his spirit. And thirdly, he warns us by his word. That when you're reading this, and you come across some things, and you're like, oh, you know, y'all aren't going to shout me down on this. That's all right. You know, this does make you feel good. This does give you peace. But, you know, that's not the only thing that this book is supposed to do. Sometimes you read in this thing, and it's like, ooh. Dear God, I, I ee, that makes me feel a little bit uncomfortable because I think maybe I've been falling short in that area. Anybody ever been there before? I'll tell you, I have. Listen, I'm telling you, if they haven't been, there's something wrong. Because that's what this is supposed to do for you. He warns us by the word. We find he keeps us by his, also by his providence. I believe that he can take us out of the path of the sin. You know, that's why Jesus, and I preached on this, um, I believe during the, the prayer of Jabez, uh, series that I did. Anybody remember that? That's been a little while back. During the prayer of Jabez series, and, and, and Jabez even prays very similar to what Jesus prays in the Lord's Prayer. He says this, Jesus said, pray this. He said, what? Lead me not into temptation. 
I believe that the Lord can keep us from falling when we pray that and we say, Lord, as you guide me, as you direct me, lead me not into temptation. Don't let me, by your providence and by your hand, again, as I preached this back a couple of years back, I know there's going to be times temptation is going to be part of our lives, but I believe that through prayer and the leading of the Spirit that we could definitely avoid some of the temptations that we have if we would pray it and let him lead us out of the way of it. He keeps us by a bitter sense of sin. Unfortunately, you know, the church has just kind of become cozy to sin now. I know this is old-fashioned this morning, but I, the church has become old-fashioned. We, we have become just kind of cozied up, just snuggled up to sin. Sin doesn't quite bother us anymore. For some reason, we've, we've lost that. Everybody got uncomfortable with that, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. Nowadays, we want to love the sinner and the sin. He keeps us by a renewal of a desire for holiness. Listen, I still believe what the Bible says, that without holiness, no man will see God. We still need holiness in our lives. We find secondly, in my second point here, we must adore him who will present us in his courts faultless. You see, none can stand in those courts who are covered with faults. That's why it's specific there. Now, unto him that is able to keep you falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. You see, nobody can stand in the presence of the Lord when we are covered with our own faults. And as I preached, I believe, last week and went over the fact of how Isaiah prophesied that our righteousness is like filthy rags. We cannot do it on our own. None can deliver from the former guilt or keep us from daily faultiness in the future except for Jesus Christ himself. And Jesus is able, no matter how sinful you've been, no matter what you've done, he is able to forgive you. He is able to wash you. He is able to cleanse you. And one day, he will be able to present you faultless before the presence of the Father. And he will do it. This is a praise here in this verse. That's why it's called Jude's Song of Praise. This is a praise. Now, unto him that is able to keep you falling and from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. It is a praise. We're not praising him for an ability that he won't use. We're going to praise him for an ability that he not only has, but an ability that he will do. I stand here today as we say, standing on the firm foundation of Christ, not just knowing that he can present me, but that he will present me, that he is able to keep me from falling. And not only that, but it said what? He will do it with exceeding joy. Let's just be honest. Don't point at nobody. Don't look at your spouse or your parent or kid. How many of you probably even within the last week, somebody asked you to do something and you did it? 
but you didn't want to do it. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Sometimes we get asked to do things, and because of the relationship that we have with that person or the guilt or they've done something for us before, and we just feel like we're, we, we just got to do it, and so we go ahead and we do it, but we don't want to do it the whole time. <laughs> And when we're done, it's like, I did it. I'm thankful today. You know, it'd be enough. I mean, it'd be enough if on that day I would stand before the Lord and Jesus would, 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 would present me faultless before the Lord, even if he had a frown on his face and said, this joker was the most hard-headed, stubborn, stupid guy. I didn't really want to do it, but here you go, Father. Here he is faultless. Hey, that's still enough to take a lap or two around the church and shout for eternity. But that's not even how he's going to do it. It said he's going to do it with exceeding joy. He's going to stand before the Father like a proud parent standing there with, with, with joy on his face, presenting us and saying, Father, here they are. Here is the one that I came for. Here is the one that I bled for. Here is the one that I died for. Here is the one that I rose for. Here is the one that I've been sitting at your right hand interceding for and now I'm presenting them to you with joy in my heart I'm thankful today that this is not putting Jesus out but he is going to present us with exceeding joy thirdly and finally we must adore him with highest ascriptions of praise. I know there's a certain part of us that we hold to and certainly should the simplicity of the gospel. But there's also times that sometimes we need to put a little effort into it. And we declare his glory, his majesty, his dominion, his power. Yes, it's certainly okay sometimes to just say, thank you, Jesus. But you know what? He's so worthy that sometimes it's all right. It's all right to just go a step above that and say, now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory and power forever and ever. Sometimes it's all right to go a little further and say to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Sometimes it's all right to give him the highest praises, giving him the praise for the past because he is before all time praising him for what he did 
praising him for coming and giving his life for us, praising him for dying on a cross, praising him for taking those stripes on his back, praising him for nobody took his life for him. He laid it down on his own, praising him that he did allow them to crucify him, nail him to an old rugged cross, praising him that after he died, he went down to hell, kicked in the doors, took the keys to death, hell, and the grave, and on the third day rose triumphing over death, hell, and the grave. Praising him from for the past that he cared enough about a little seven-year-old boy to come down to a Sunday night service in Houston, Mississippi and save somebody like me. Praising him for the past that he cared enough about me to be able to put his call on my life to fill me with the Holy Ghost praising God for the past putting in my path a woman that I could spend the rest of my life with two beautiful girls giving me the privilege to pastor wonderful congregations praising him for the past giving him praise for the now praise him praise him if I ain't got nothing else to praise him for praise him that I know he's going to present me with exceeding great joy Praise him that I got two feet, I can still walk. Praise him that I got arms that I can move and I can wave. Praise him that I got a mouth that I can sing and I can praise and I can preach. Praise him that I got a house to live in. Praise him that I've got a church to pastor. Praise him that we got a church family that loves him and loves us. Praise him for the now. I desire your praise, says the Lord. It's not payment to me you're not earning anything from me but I desire your praise I will inhabit your praise I have promised you if you will praise me says the Lord hallelujah would you just lift your hands for a moment and just do that just begin to praise him and thank him hallelujah Mm, hallelujah, hallelujah. Giving him praise for the past, praise for the now, praise for the forever. Praise that he will, that he is able, and that he will present me faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Praise him that one day I'll stand in the presence of Almighty God, not in my own glory, not in my own righteousness, but in the righteousness that's been given to me through Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening to our podcast. To find out more about us, follow us on social media at StarkvilleCOG. Special thanks to those who generously support this ministry. If you would like to give, visit us at startvillecog.com forward slash give. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.